Hey, Mark here, and I'm calling in before today's episode with a little favour to ask, if I may, please. You see, today I'm changing the format of the Podcast Accelerator. I'm trialling a longer form deep dive episode, real specific actionable takeaways, and introducing my recommended podcast tool of the week. Now, the format is ever so slightly different. It is a little bit longer, and during this episode, which is a huge, deep dive, massive piece of free podcast education. During this episode, I'm going to break off for about 90 seconds to recommend a podcasting tool that I think will help you. And at the end, stick around because there's a new section at the end, which is three actionable takeaways that you can implement today based on today's deep dive. So let me know what you think of this new format, please. That's the favour that I'm asking. You can do that on Twitter, at Mr. Asquith. And you can get the written version of this over on my Twitter profile as well. Once again, that's at Mr. Asquith. And enjoy this episode of the Podcast Accelerator. Each social media channel has its nuances, benefits, and its flaws. Twitter, however, is my personal favourite for podcast growth. So today, I'm sharing a few simple strategies that I employ to build my podcast audience using the platform. This is, of course, the Podcast Accelerator. I'm your host, Mark Asquith, co-founder of Captivate.fm, the world's only growth-oriented podcast hosting platform, where we focus on you, the serious independent creator, helping you to save time generate revenue, and grow your influence. Like I said, today we are going to talk a little bit about Twitter. I'm going to talk to you about a simple Twitter strategy for podcast growth. I'm going to go deep into that. I'm going to give you right at the end three actionable tips that you can implement today. I'm going to mention a couple of educational tweets of the week that you might be interested in. And I'm going to give you my recommended podcasting tool of the week, something that I use every single day. But before I get to the content, just a quick shout out to the team at Aweber, who, of course, support this podcast and have done for a long, long time. Email marketing is huge, and I highly recommend that you are engaging with your audience using email marketing. It's very, very powerful, and you can do so over at Aweber for free. Just go to mark.live slash email and you don't even need a credit card. So please go and check that out, mark.live slash email. And there's a link in the show notes. If you're into email, you can get the deep dive version of this. You can get the written version that you can keep on file, that you can keep referencing. You can copy and paste from and steal bits from. And you can do that over on my Twitter profile at Mr. Asquith. You can just do that. Go ahead, Go to mark.live slash Twitter, which is a short link that will take you there. Mark.live slash Twitter and press start reading. Let's talk about a simple Twitter strategy then for podcast growth. Back in early 2009, I was sat at my desk at Bansley's Digital Media Center when the web developer that I employed told me that he just signed up for a new social network called Twitter. Now, back then, look, I'll be honest with you, I wasn't really into being on every single new social network. I'd gone through the MySpace phase and Bebo had waned a little bit. Friends Reunited had had its day and I was, I don't know what, probably two years in to my Facebook journey back when the status prompt, do you remember when the status prompt was, Mark Asquith is 
and then you'd fill in what you what you were doing. That was uh, that was classic. So when Andy told me about Twitter, I'm going to be honest with you, I wasn't that interested. But I signed up anyway. Of course I did. <laughs> Why would I not? Now the first few years of my twittering were largely a mix of engaging with uh, other local web design companies. In fact, we. We ended up merging with one of them back in the days. How I uh, how I formed uh, the, the bigger agency that we had, and I used to really use Twitter to do that. You know, sort of interact with those guys, and also stay up to date with pop culture or you know, tweet celebrities about the thing that I was enjoying them in at the time. I remember talking to Marilyn Ricegab, um from Twenty Four, who I then met uh, at one of her comedy gigs in Camden, and it was great for that. But then I started podcasting and Twitter became my social home for life. And Twitter really helped me in the early days of podcasting. My first foray, I don't know if you know this, but my first foray into podcasting a long, long time ago, probably 10 years ago now, was with Captivate's now head of design, Gary Ayler. And we created a, a podcast and a blog that dug into pop culture and things like DC, Marvel, Star Wars, and we called it Two Shots to the Head. I loved that podcast. I really, really loved that podcast and desperately wish that we, we'd not closed the site. We, we closed the podcast, let the domain go. Really wish we'd not done that. Big lesson learned there. Keep them all. But when we first created that brand, we did a lot of outreach and really importantly, interacting with people and brands on Twitter. We'd speak to comic authors, pencilers, inkers, event organizers like Tula Latte at uh, Thought Bubble and, 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 you know, those types of people about what they were working on you know, how we could help them. We got to the stage where we get conference invites. I, I remember going to Thought Bubble in uh, in the UK, up in Leeds. Wonderful. Met Scott Snyder, met Tim Sale. Well, you know, big, big celebs in that space. Wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, we used to get comics and graphic novels sent to us to review, and it it was brilliant. But the, the role of Twitter there was that it was our CRM. We used it as a CRM. It was great. Now, fast forward a year or so from then, and I'd, I'd created my business podcast interview series, Excellence Expected, which you can still find on the podcast apps. Just search for my name. And I find myself doing what I always do. I, I, I go all in with stuff. You know, it's probably a, you know, it's probably a, a problem when it comes to things like my bass playing and my golfing, but you know, I want to go big. I never want to start small. Uh, so what did I do? Well, I did what, I, what I'd done before. I, we looked to Twitter. I looked to Twitter. I researched and, really importantly, found ideal guests for my interview show. And I used Twitter to research them and interact with them, leading me to either, number one, straight out ask them to be on the show in public right there on Twitter, or number two, they'd DM me and they'd say, look, here's my email address, Matt. Go ahead and, and, and do that, you know, get in touch with me. Or I'd cold e email them, but because they had seen me on Twitter, I'd use those interactions that we'd had as brand back backup for my cold email because, you know, that I'd, I'd, I'd reference a tweet or a conversation that they had and, 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 and they would remember them, you know, and the conversion rate was brilliant from day one. All right? I attracted some big, big guests and as time passed, they, they you know, these turned out to be people that I just became real friends with, you know, they really did. It's how I met Chris Ducker, how I met JLD, it's how I met um, Chris Brogan, it's how I met uh, just so many people. And honestly, it still works to this day. Today, as I'm recording this later today, for our Star Wars podcast, Spark of Rebellion, we are, we are interviewing Charles Sewell, who is one of the world's biggest 
creators in the Star Wars space and also DC and Marvel space. He's wonderful. And that came from a Twitter outreach last week. Twitter was and is the great leveler. Everyone is accessible and it's up to them if they engage with you in return. Now, you remember I talked about engagement last week on the show. So all you need to do, go and listen to that if you haven't already. So what can we learn from Twitter? Well, if you step back for a second and really think about what I've just talked about, there were two things that helped me to close these guest bookings quickly. Number one, interaction. I was getting involved with these people, and even if they didn't respond, they were seeing my name, and seeing my name led to number two. I was achieving positioning. And this is vital. Get a pen because this might be the most important marketing lesson in the world, a lesson that everyone in marketing has had to learn and one that has often been learned the hard way. Twitter isn't the place to generate clicks through to your podcast en masse. Twitter is the place to position yourself as the person and the brand that you want to be seen as. So before we get to the Twitter strategy, let me explain a little bit about what positioning actually is. Positioning is the art and the act of specifically filling a gap within a market and making yourself the go-to brand in that gap. More, it's about defining what you do, what you don't do, what you won't do, and being confident enough to stick to your position enough that you attract your perfect audience whilst educating people on why you also might not be for them. It's all about confidence. And the example that I'll give you, of course, is is very close to home for me. The example that I'll talk you through now to illustrate positioning is Captivate, all right? Captivate, as you know, is a podcast hosting, analytics, distribution, and monetization platform with really specific positioning and target customers. The business doesn't have a free plan, It's only got a seven-day free trial, not 14 days, and it's priced really specifically. The goal for Captivate is to work with podcasters who want to dedicate time to growing their audience. It's not set up to capture as many free users as possible and to just make money in any way possible. It's set up so that it can help serious podcasters to achieve their goals and to only serve that audience. It's positioned as the home of the serious indie podcaster and the feature set, the content, the release roadmap, the language and the entire plan is based around only helping that core set of people. Anything that Captivate produces is only to do with helping the serious indie podcaster to grow. Nothing else. We don't teach anything else. We don't release anything that doesn't take you one step further towards that goal. And let's be honest, you know, that is in stark contrast to some hosting platforms who just want numbers. They just want everyone. They want anyone just so that they can boost their free plan numbers and, you know, make as much money as possible. But they don't focus on anyone. Okay. That is positioning. So let's switch back to Twitter. Most people expect social media to do two things, send traffic and generate interaction. And it can do those things. But it won't do them without the design of a decent marketing funnel and a broad-ranging content plan. In short, those two things, sending traffic and generating interaction, take a heck of a lot of time, a lot of measurement, and a lot of focus. However, positioning is something that social media can help you with every 
single time that you use it. Think about how you use social media. It's very often, and it's usually to either promote something, hey, here's my new episode, or to interact with someone. But when we begin to get serious about our content, and in particular our social channels, we usually then, quote-unquote, upgrade our plans to repurpose our podcast content. We publish audiograms and videos and pull quotes and whatever else the order of the day is selling as the big thing in podcast promotion. We do. That's what we think is being serious about, you know, social media. And they've all got their place, don't get me wrong, but they're not going to generate traffic really because social media and the things that you post are super transient. To the viewer, to the person seeing these things, they are transient. Unless we make sure they're not transient. In my view, one of the biggest mistakes that podcasters make when it comes to social media is honestly being lazy. Me included. You know, I've been there. We think that repurposing means that we can be everywhere at the click of a button. But the success of that being everywhere is not contingent on being there. It's contingent on being good there. On being good there. Think about that. And that is hard. Very, very hard. It's very difficult to be good everywhere. What if we were to only pick Twitter as our social media platform and to use it to position us as the go-to person or the go-to brand in our space? Because social media is really present in many of our target audience's lives. And it's it's the place that someone goes to, to, to you know, when they get into something new or they begin to look for content about that something new. They go to social media, they expect recommendations, they expect community, they expect search results, and a litany of other things which will cement where they should invest their time in that new thing. Who should they look to for guidance with this new thing? Because that's what they're looking for. They're looking to trust someone. They're looking for a personal guide. They're looking for the person who is positioned to help them. And Twitter gives us that chance to continually talk to our audience on brand and with our mission in mind. Now, I said that most of us are a little bit lazy when it comes to social media because we just want to repurpose content at the push of a button or to promote you know, what we've done. The reason for this is that we think of social media as just a promotional platform where audiences can be marketed to and where we should be broadcasting what we do in the hopes of snagging some clicks and getting some new listeners. But it doesn't work. It really doesn't work very well. So if we think about Twitter, why don't we actually look at what it really is? Look at the definition of Twitter from Wikipedia. The first line, Twitter is an American microblogging and social networking service. Microblogging. Twitter is a content platform. They've proven that by increasing tweet length, introducing threads, introducing tips, buying Periscope, creating Twitter communities, releasing Twitter spaces, integrating email newsletters like mine, and so much more. Twitter wants you to stay on site for as long as possible, and they want your audience to do the same. 
Suddenly, if we think about it like that, social media and the content that we produce, in particular on Twitter, doesn't feel so transient anymore. This gives us an amazing chance to position ourselves by leveraging content that we already produce, our podcast, the thing we want people to come to, and instead of repurposing it, actually creating complementary content that positions us as the go-to person, the go-to brand on that platform in its own right, and that we can then use as a platform to genuinely drive traffic to our podcast. I'm going to tell you right now, a simple Twitter strategy that you can literally implement today. All right. But before we get to that, let me just tell you about my recommended podcasting tool of the week. Engagement and interaction are vital to your podcast audience growth. But without measurement, those strategies and actions can't be deemed to be successes or failures. And right now in podcasting, there are so many disparate tools out there that are trying to solve these measurement problems. Today's podcasting tool recommendation is Captivate's first-party attribution links that allow you to tackle measurement, tackle engagement, and allow you to replace short link generators like Bitly or Pretty Links with short links that you create directly from your podcast hosting dashboard. The big benefit with this is that you can then attach these short links to pieces of dynamic audio, automatically insert them into your show notes when you use Captivate's Amy dynamic content engine, and you can use them throughout your episodes as simple, memorable calls to action. Simply tell Captivate the long real-world link that you'd like to measure, link up your custom domain for free, and then set a short link that Captivate will then measure traffic to. For example, mark.live slash Twitter will take you to my Twitter profile at Mr. Asquith. And guess what? I can measure all of that traffic. I use this feature every single day. And it's one of the things that has really transformed my podcasting focus by giving my show actual accountability. Captivate's podcast attribution links are brought to you by Captivate.fm and they are free on every single podcast hosting plan. Okay, a simple Twitter strategy that you can implement right now to grow your podcast audience. First up, change your mindset. Twitter is a content platform, not just a social media tool for promotion. Once you move yourself into that way of thinking, you begin to see Twitter as a platform that needs its own attention and as a place to build a dedicated audience that turns up for the type of content that Twitter is good at. The next thing I want you to do is to try and get out of that repurposing mindset and move into a complementary mindset, wherein we focus on creating content that excels on a specific platform as t- like Twitter, as opposed to Wanting quick win style repurposing. Quick fix, press a button and send it to Twitter. We don't want that. Move to a complementary content mindset. If we can do that, we can build a Twitter-specific audience and nurture the people behind the tweets into genuine relationships through well-considered positioning. And we can become the go-to person in that space, which will then lead to more interaction, more engagement, more listeners, people wanting to engage with our content. Here's how you do it. So we take 
Take the main podcast episode content that you produce, all right? You know, whatever, week by week, day by day, whenever you produce your content, take that main content and focus on additional peripheral content on the edges of what you've been talking about just for your Twitter profile, all right? So let me repeat that. Take your main podcast episode content, focus then on creating additional, what I call peripheral content or the edges of that for your Twitter profile. I'm going to give you some examples because many podcasters will they'll post audiograms and pull quotes from their episodes. And while they have their place, like I said earlier, they pass by too quickly, in my opinion, for the viewer. They won't stick. So rather than doing that, create a peripheral content plan that runs alongside each episode that you create. In fact, think of your podcast episode content as an athlete. All right. Each episode is an athlete training alongside its trainer for a big competition with the big prize being to get listened to. Now, alongside that athlete, there's, you know, usually in, 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 in the, the world of athleticism, there's not only a trainer working with that athlete, but there's a promoter shouting about how amazing that athlete is going to perform and helping to position that athlete based on their brand. Tyson, Ali, Frazier, Cooper, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, Ian Poulter, Bryson DeChambeau. All competing athletes in their respective sports and fields, and each with a distinct brand that can actually be described to other people. Each of the promoters around those people and their sponsors and their partners talk about each of them in terms that match their own brand. Henry Cooper, for example, the British boxer, would sound really weird being described as the baddest man on the planet. Jordan Spieth in golf would sound weird as the scientist. But I and Mike Tyson and Bryson DeChambeau, respectively, they've positioned themselves as those things. They've positioned themselves perfectly. Those terms fit. And so they occupy a really specific space within their industries. And they create content that matches that. Your promoter, your peripheral content has to talk about your show and your brand and your content in a specific way. And the job of that peripheral content on Twitter is to, number one, position you as you'd like to be positioned. And number two, tell everyone that your other content, the main episode, exists and they should check it out. Whilst also providing, as the peripheral content, its own self-contained value, entertainment and lifespan. Now, if you want to know more about brand positioning... Um, there's a link inside the newsletter version of this. So if you go to at Mr. Asquith on Twitter or mark.live slash Twitter, go there, press start reading, you'll get the current issue. And there's a link to the podcast launch accelerator, which is a free in-depth course. And I talk about brand positioning in there. Like I said, mark.live slash Twitter, press start reading when you get there. So I've talked about peripheral content. All right, let's get more detailed. Let's use my episode last week as an example of what you can do. Okay. So last week I did a deep dive of, on getting more podcast engagement, all right? You can get up to speed on it now in your podcast app. It's in the feed here or it's over on the newsletter at Mr. Asquith on Twitter. Now, rather than spending a week recycling audiograms about that episode or tweeting things like, new episode, go listen now, I created a range of complementary content, peripheral content that stood alone, but that at suitable times told the specific Twitter audience that my main episode existed. So I did a tweet, 20th of January, 
a thread, a short thread on how I personally engage with my podcasting audience. It was complimentary content, but it stood fully alone. You could see that thread, you could use it, you could action things from it. All right, that was on the 20th of January. Then on the 18th of January, just before that, I created another one, which was, I literally typed this, my favorite quote from the most recent issue and podcast of the Podcast Accelerator, listeners don't always engage with it. And I did a little mini thread about it. And I've got another one scheduled for Sunday. I'm recording this on Friday the 21st. So for Sunday the 20, 23rd, I've got another single self-contained tweet that gives four clear, actionable things that you can do. Did I do some, hey, get today's episode? Yeah, of course I did, but not many of them. Instead, what I did was I used these complementary peripheral tweets to position me as helping podcasters. They're all self-contained. They all add value. They all give genuine content that can stand alone. And they're all content that podcasters can quickly take some action on by just following them. In between these tweets, I also threw in some more lighthearted tweets that helped to position me. So for example, I put one out on the 19th, which was, what's your best podcasting horror story? And then I told mine. And I did that a couple of times with, with different things, but the goal of those is to have a bit of fun. But there is one key factor there to be aware of. I'm having fun inside my niche. I'm not asking what your favorite movie is, how you like your coffee or what your morning routine is. I'm asking something that people like me and people that will find my content helpful will enjoy engaging with and I'm giving them a chance to get involved directly with me as a human being because people want to tell their stories. By creating content like this, content that is peripheral to the episode that you want to promote, you actually position yourself far better. You get a better outcome when you post than you would just by typing, hey, new episode, go get it in your podcast app. Because the way to think about this is your episode each week, each day when you publish, your episode is the center of its own content universe. And just like the athlete, it's the star of the show. But just like the athlete, it needs support. Peripheral content. It needs that support and it needs that content in order to thrive. So try this for every episode for a month and measure what happens. And make sure that you interact with those who take the time to engage with you. Let me give you three actionable takeaways that you can implement right now based on what I've just said. One, change your mindset. Think of Twitter as a dedicated content platform and the people who follow you as a genuine audience that should be respected. And as a bonus, consider your positioning. What do you want to be known for? Two, add 20 minutes to your episode production schedule to integrate Twitter into your episode marketing cycle. That's all it takes create one week of peripheral content tweets that will generate interaction and help to position you every single time you post them. We can all find an extra 20 minutes to do this, so build it in to your episode process as a habit when you publish. Three, create actual content. I recommend getting started by creating a peripheral content thread and by going deep into something super specific that sits alongside your most recent episode. I use a very specific tool to compose my tweets. It's very easy, very powerful. It will develop threads with you, and if you get stuck for ideas on what to tweet, it'll suggest things that you can then customize. It is so good. I've put a link to that tool 
inside the newsletter version of this. So go to mark.live slash Twitter, press start reading, and go get that newsletter version because there is a link to that tool that I use to tweet and to build my tweets, and it is exceptional. That's mark.live slash Twitter. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Mark.live slash Twitter, then press start reading. All of this sounds really simple. So let's get on with it, all right? Let me know if you need a hand. Like I said, I will be on Twitter, at Mr. Asquith. And until next time, keep on captivating.